to Kingdom Conversations, where we are having, let me read it, supernatural and prophetic encounters with the Word of God. You are, we are coming live or pseudo live uh, at Astounding, from Astounding Love Global Church Fellowship at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard in San Jose, California. I guess I should say 1914B because we're on the sanctuary, I mean the studio side of the sanctuary. And we're going to pray, we're gonna have some conversations and find out how some controversial issues happen with the Word of God. I may as well throw that out there right now and that way it gets everybody ready. Um, and uh, we'll disarm you with, with, with love and laughter and fun kind of stuff like that. You won't even see it coming. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be hot, it's gonna be spicy, it's gonna be all things God, and I'm excited about that. Let's talk to him and then let's let him talk to us. Father, we praise you and thank you tonight for the word of God that is so filled with power. And we thank you in this Pentecost season of, for the arrival of the Holy Spirit. Happy anniversary, Holy Spirit. We're so glad that we are a part of what it is that you do in this earth. I praise you and I thank you for the majestic, the majesty is what I was going to say, but the majestic power of the word of God, whether it's through song, how it's released through the tongue, the things that you do that have us absolutely marveling at your goodness, at your power, at your radiance, at your presence. I give you glory and praise and honor tonight for the opportunity to be one that gets to open your word and to share with others, to hear for myself and to share with others what you, Holy Spirit, have to say to us. It's already been prayed in thanksgiving for those that are in our house that did not perish today, but that their lives were not only spared, but they are set apart for the work that you have to do. And prayers have been released for families that have experienced trauma on different levels. Prayers have gone forth and do go forth for the citizens of the city of San Jose. This is our town. And we praise you and we thank you that you have put us here to realize that we are to make a difference. And so we thank you that we release protection over the people of this town, that there are no retaliations and that there are no other outbreaks, but that there is a calm and a settling of things as your spirit shows us, points us, points your intercessors to look in the directions that you give and to speak the release of the word of God, the protection of God, the angels that are assigned, even over individuals that don't have as a norm, anybody praying for them. We say that the citizens of San Jose, California, or those that even commute here, not one person shall be left uncovered. Not one individual shall be left without someone to pray for them. You cause us to rise up and to speak what you desire. And we trust you with this city and the overturning of evil and the absolute demolishment, uh, demolishing of all things dark. Every work of darkness. I'm not talking about people or chicken legs, so quit tripping. And I thank you and I praise you for your love for us and for laughter. We worship you and praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Yeah. I said all things dark, 
people think, but I like the dark meat on my chicken. You're not going to get rid of that. And, and we range in hues from light to dark, depending on what your definition of dark is. And, and that's not what we were talking about e either. But we are talking about turning on the light. And we are talking about watching God do the things that, that he does and to see them done well. So having said all that, there's a, a number of things to talk about. But when I was sitting at home this morning and I was querying of the Holy Spirit, what kind of things do you want to talk about today? And Wednesdays are really great because our ministry, we have every Wednesday morning at 5 a.m. It's report day. And what that means is that all of the different intercessory prayer groups that we pray, there are different people within the, in the ministry that pray for different cities throughout the United States of America. So we had report day that allows, um, allows people to, what do you say, to come and uh, just tell us what, you know, what, what, what's going on, what, 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 what happened in our prayer for Seattle, what happened in our prayer for Chicago or uh, Portland or Flint, Michigan, South Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, we do pray for Los Angeles, for Sacramento, San Jose, all of the different areas, uh, Washington, D.C. And we cover places where others are living and, uh, you know, our own people are, are alive and well and so forth and so on. So just want to tell you that. I know that we're still having issues with trying to go live on Facebook, so we don't know what that's about, and we don't worry about it. We just go, well, if we're not live, we are live, and y'all will get it on a delayed broadcast, but we're definitely talking to you, okay? So um, that's, that's kind of what it is. So what I want to bring up, and I said it's going to be a little, uh, I want to be a little controversial today. I'm not asking if it's okay, I'm letting you know I'm going to be controversial, all right? And so I'm gonna kinda get in your business just a little bit, I'm gonna challenge you a little. Don't be like that commercial with the candy where they're throwing bananas and everything out the cupboard because the guy's holding the bowl and he tells the candy, get in the bowl. And the candy's all standing there like this going, you get in the bowl, you know? You, you, you want somebody to get in the bowl, you get in the bowl. Don't tell me to get in the bowl. So I said that to make you smile because I'm not funny, I tried doing stand-up and that sound of crickets was very loud. You know that sound when it's going flat and nothing is happening? Yeah, that's when I'm like doing stand-up. Uh, I don't do stand-up. But we can be funny just by looking at the quirks and oddities of life. And the Spirit of the Lord was talking to me this morning. And he said, do you know how much fear is hidden inside of you? And the reason that he's asking that question, this question was for you. I'm kind of aware of the amount of fear that I house because I go looking for it every day to, to get rid of it. Uh, because I find that fear and anxiety cause me to make very stupid decisions. Fear and anxiety, okay, can I meddle? Sure can. Fear and anxiety causes you to buy the wrong car, rent the wrong house, buy the wrong groceries or outfit. You know it goes to relationships too, of all kinds. It gets you to tell your children the wrong things. It has you putting yourself in situations that you don't belong in. And it, 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 it can just really mess up your day. Anytime that we make a decision that is in fear, why? Because it is a decision that is connected to emotions. And though fear is 
not just an emotion that people feel, but it is a spirit. It is the wrong spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection. We pretty much the usual slide needs to be up because it's a spirit-to-spirit -spirit conversation that we're having. And I've got, I'm sticking with spirit-to-spirit -spirit because I'm going to get back into talking about the blood of Jesus very shortly, and it's always connected to the kingdom of God. But spirit-to-spirit uh, -spirit is the conversation that we're having. The spirit of the Lord that speaks to us, the things that he says to us, the things that he communicates to us are all through the word of God. But if you are outside of the kingdom, you don't understand that when we, they, they, before Christ, you read the Bible. And that's what you said, well, I've read the Bible. You know, you, you've met people that don't know Jesus from good bacon. And, um, and they'll tell you, well, I've read the Bible. It's like, yeah, you've read the Bible, but you didn't talk to the Spirit of God. Crystal, put the slide up, please. Um, you, you read the Bible, but you didn't understand that the Bible is a spirit conversation, that it is not just a bunch of stories or the history. It is not just um, cute little verses that you can use and that you can go to a, a, a public arena or something and put a scripture up on a sign and every time the camera comes to you, you know, there you are holding it like you're doing ring boxing ring, uh, round number two or three or something. Uh, you know, you're the sign person. But that it is actually conversations from God to us and it's not from from uh, it's not from God's lips to our natural ear. It's from God's spirit to the spirit that He has awakened to come in to divine relationship with Him. If you don't know that, then this is a bunch of words in a bunch of books that you have read that you will bore everybody with by telling them all the stuff you think you know historically or religiously, but you don't know it relationally. And I do challenge people with things like that. Well, you know, according to this, and they'll bring that legalistic, demonic spirit. And it's just like, first of all, I'm not on trial. And neither is God. And your misunderstanding of God does not mean that God is wrong. Okay? And God made a very clear point when he asked Job, where were you on the day that I did the stuff that I did? Because as I recall, you weren't there. You weren't physically there. You were in my heart to come, to come about. But I didn't need your advice or second guessing to tell me how to be God. But you do need me to tell you how to live from where I am. So I want to challenge us all of us. Well, how much fear do you walk in? How many decisions have you made based on fear? How many things have you done for the fear of being left out? For the fear of missing out? For the fear of it's all going to be gone if I don't buy it? I can't tell you the number of times that, I, well, you've seen it. How much toilet paper do you need? How many paper towels do you have to get? How many tanks of uh, uh, containers of gasoline do you need? Because fear has told you if you don't get it, they're going to run out. When you walk that way, it's because you have, ready for it? This is a hit. It's a hit. Okay, ready? Just put your chin out. I'm going to hit you in the chin. All right. 
it's because you're operating from a poverty spirit. You're operating from a sense of lack. We're gonna run out. We, I've never, I, anything I've ever run out of, I've gotten more of, okay? They said the world says that they're out of it. Well, God's not out of it. And even if it did run out, God has an ability to cre give us creativity to create something better than whatever it was. You see, there were days before toilet paper, and I think trees have been very happy <laughs> to, to be able to keep the leaves in the family instead of watching them go bye-bye because people use leaves. People use paper towels. People used, in the days of children and diapers, they used cloth, and, and you know what they did? They washed it, and they used it again, okay? So what are you afraid is, is going to run out? About the only thing I'm pretty sure they ain't never gonna run out of is an ugly mask. Okay, somebody said, I'm gonna make every dime off of this that I can. And y'all not gonna put those things off until I have sold out, okay? And so that's on you. But mask, I, I deliberately am using that word mask because you need to start unmasking fear in your life. You need to unmask places where Poverty is the voice that you follow. Now I'm gonna give examples of, of what is meant by that, okay? Because we do these things, I, I, I think most individuals that come to this particular church get challenged enough by certain things that you're not just going to defiantly come in here and say, I'm broke, I'm sick, I'm poor, and I'm not ashamed, and I want you to know it, and I'm gonna stay that way. That doesn't come here. That doesn't come here, except when it does. But it doesn't come here all blatant. It comes masked. And it partners with fear, which works with, ready? Want another punch? victims mentalities which operates from a position of offense which is why there are so many that refuse to forgive forgive yeah they they won't forget either i know what you did okay i was standing right there watched you take my chocolate milk out the refrigerator, open the carton, swallow it, and then put an ice cube back in like it's supposed to melt in there, and I'm not gonna notice that it was gone. I saw you, and then you go stand there and look at me like, oh, I thought it was mine. As stupid as that sounds, there are people that grew up with siblings, and that's still the fight at the family party. That's still the fight at the family dinner. You did this and so, and I got in trouble for it, and mama whooped me, and you got off scot-free, and I can't stand you. Am I wrong? Offense, offense. Being offended is refusing to forgive. I'm not gonna let them off the hook. I'm not going to let them off the hook. They did this, they took this, they said this, they stole this, they told this, they did whatever they did, and I am under their power for the rest of my life. 
I was told I was stupid. You can tell me I'm smart all day. I was told I was ugly. You can tell me I, you can, I can have plastic surgery and change everything about me. But on the inside, those words, you're ugly, are still working to the degree that nothing, that even the facade, the face, the thing that you bought or paid for and the surgery that you had, I guarantee you ugly will crack through. It will. And the reason that it will is because on the inside, that is the atmosphere that that person is creating and generating. And so it's going to find a way to crack through every other veneer and it's going to be seen. The mask is always going to crack. The mask is, all, is never going to be able to stay in place the way that, they, that, that people think that it will. And I'm not talking about these facial masks that people wear. I'm talking about the pretenses. I'm talking about the hidden spirits that we allow to stay instead of getting in its face and saying, you are not a part of me and you don't get to travel with me anymore. See, what is my scriptural foundation? How many people know I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 4? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Since we do hold and engage in this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not get discouraged, spiritless, and despondent with fear or become faint with weariness and exhaustion. All of those are things that can stay secreted within us to such a degree that we act out from those things. We call them emotions. If it was just emotions, you could go to sleep and wake up with a different set. But what these are, is spiritual assignments against you. They are demonic things that have been assigned as hindering spirits to stop you from moving forward into the greatness that you were born for. It is not a line, a party line, to tell somebody you were born for greatness. It's what God said. But God's definition of greatness probably does not align with the, what most people think of as great. You know, we think great as fame. We think of greatness as fortune. We think of it as, as being a headliner or of being known for this or that or the other in a community of people. We think of greatness as having the approval of many. But really what it is is breaking through every barrier. And it is manifesting or letting the truth of who God is be seen in you and through you. Greatness is manifesting or showcasing the power of God. Everything else is temporary. See? And that's not maybe the most, I don't know if it's popular or not, but I like it. And um, because it's the truth. And I, okay, so I've got a lot of stuff. Some of y'all know that because you've been over my house. Some of you have heard about me or heard things I've said. I have a lot of stuff and I'm not the only person, okay? I have all kinds of stuff. When I like something, man, I get a lot of it, okay? I, I have lots of this and lots of that. I have lots of toys. I have lots of videos. I don't watch videos, but I have a lot of them. <laughs> you tell me about a movie I should see, I buy the DVD. Why? Because if I ever decide I want to watch it, I don't want to go looking for it other than going in my living room and pulling out one, or really, they're not even in the living room. Some of them are in the living room. Some of them are in the hall closet, but most of them are in the garage because I've reshifted things in my house temporarily, all right? 
So I, there are people in here that tell you I have a lot of videos and they will look at my videos and go, the tape hasn't even been cracked on the thing yet. Well, I've never watched it, but somebody wants to see it. So my videos get seen constantly. Leslie takes them with her sometimes. They use some of them for movie nights. Whoever comes over, it's like, oh yeah, you can watch them. I have subscriptions to things that I don't even use, but they're getting used because I know people that like this kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, it's kind of like me serving you from my house. Here, have at it, enjoy it, take as much as you want. It's already paid for. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now I have a lot of stuff. Here's the thing though. A friend of mine uh, who is a pastor, I talked to on Saturday and, and his assistant pastor moved to heaven. Um, when he called and told me what was going on with her, I thought, oh, okay, am I supposed to pray? But the Holy Spirit said, no, don't pray. She's coming home. That's good news. Not good news that the lady was dying. You know, her family's not thinking it's good, but I think it's very good news to have the Spirit of the Lord tell you, she's coming home to me. She made it. She crossed the finish line. Hallelujah. That's good news to me, because that means that they, don't have, they can cry, but they don't have to boo-hoo and sob because she didn't make it. All right? A lot of those folks, y'all say rest in peace, aren't. And that's sad to me. But he called to tell me this, and, um, and I heard it, and I thought, okay, huh. I think practically, because we've had so many people die around us, that means they've got to clean up stuff. They're going to have to empty refrigerators, possibly move her out of the house. People are, depending on how sane they are, are going to politely give things away or they're going to fight. She got a lot of clothes that she's never going to use again. All of this different stuff. And so I have a lot of stuff. And I looked at that stuff in my room and my house, and I thought, and not one bit of it is going to heaven. None of it. None of it. Not my shoes, not my cute phone, not my pink this, not my that. You know, my car's not going to heaven. Back in a, a long time ago, pimps used to get buried in their cars. Oh yeah, it was a big thing. I used to see it in magazines. Yes, they did. You can just look it up. They sure did. A lot of them. They got permission to be married in their vehicles. They got, I mean married, uh, buried in their vehicles. Married, buried, okay. Um, all that kind of stuff. Got married, I mean got, got buried, and the, like she just said, the money and the jewelry was there. And nobody could figure out why the grave got broken into just a few days later. Right? Why? Because no matter what you say, you can't take it with you. You came in without it, you leave without it, all right? So therefore, me or you or anyone acquiring or killing people for money or stealing it or doing this with it and lying and prostituting yourself and all the things that we do on some level at, at, or have done on some level at some time in our life, it is, as it says in... Um, as Solomon wrote, it's meaningless, it's vanity, it won't last. But the championship of others, causes, things that we do, it may not be your, uh, it may not be what you thought that you wanted to do, but when you or I make a difference in the lives of other people, we move towards greatness. Now when I say do things in the lives of other people, I don't mean do what we want to affect the lives of other people. I mean, do what God wants. Mm 
that's greatness. When you change your definition or get the right definition for greatness, you can start changing the direction of your thinking. And you can start changing the direction of how you live your life. Notice, I did not say you can just do without stuff. No, it's my stuff. I'm not connected to my stuff. Anybody who's ever been to my home knows that typically you come over, you will leave with some of my stuff. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, because I'm always giving things away. People are always bringing things to me. I always have room to give something away. I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's that way. Sometimes I will stop and not give anything away until I've assessed what I have so that I know where to give it. Because it's not just giving it for the sake of giving it, but it's giving it in a place where it's going to cause increased growth, promotion, or just tell people, I love you. Last week was a, a I love you week. Every week for me is an I love you week. But this was a different kind of I love you week. This one I didn't do with a lot of people, but there were a few people. And I did a, a thing called, since I have one, I want you to have one too. So I was replicating things that I had, you know, um, or since I have this kind of this, I want you to have some of this too, you know. Um, since I have one of these, and I noticed that you don't have one of these, I want you to have one of these too. Since this is something that I do that you like, and I, you know, I like what I do with it. I bought something for you that I like, that I would buy for me, and I want you to have it because it's just like something I would have. That's fun for me. It was my, again, since I have one, I want you to have one too kind of week. And I decided that was going to become a tradition of sorts. I won't do it all the time, but there will be that moment when I get all excited and I'm looking at people and I'm thinking, I can do this. And God gifts you with opportunities to express his love and his appreciation for other people with things that typically cost less than 20 bucks. Because it's not how much you paid for it. It's the fact that you felt, you, somebody, I, I heard one lady say, she said, it, it's not even that they gave, they gave me something they didn't have to give me. And just the fact that you thought of me when you didn't have to is the blessing all of, on itself. And you all have done that for me many times, so there you are. So now, Having said all the nice stuff, I'm going to hit you again. All right. It says, therefore, since we do, do hold, or we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we don't lose heart. And the Amplified says, since we do hold and engage in this ministry by the mercy of God, we don't get discouraged. Which means, spirit, conversation about the spirit to spirit life. If I don't get discouraged, it's because, is it because discouragement did not come? The answer is no. No, it's not because discouragement did not come. It's because I didn't take it. If I don't get despondent, and here it says with fear, because fear causes you to be spiritless. This is how it's defined in the scripture. The spiritless means that I moved from my position as a born from above spirit, and I moved to that regular low life that I had before Jesus came into my heart before I became born from above. You were a certain way before you, they go, well, that person has never known Jesus, but they've always been very cheery. That's a personality that is not, um, how do you say that? It's not spirit to spirit. It's a soulish decision to make that I would rather be happy. People that have come through traumatic experiences will get changed by it and can affect their personality and they can decide because 
like in my case, I had a friend that uh, one friend years ago that passed away from AIDS, uh, AIDS-related disease, and I hadn't got the chance to say I love you once, you know, one time, and so of course that changed my course of thinking. Now I just got to tell everybody I love you. So if you can imagine, in those days I was kind of going out a little bit, and every time I meet a man, hi, it's nice to meet you. I love you. Yeah, they didn't go over well. Why? Because if they don't know what you mean by it, it can get scary. Hi, I love you. I love you. I have a little mouse that says, oh, I like you. I like, uh, like you. I really like you. And you think, well, great. Good for you. Keep your six feet. <laughs> Keep your distance, right? But I was saying it not just because I loved them, but because I felt a desperation, a sense of loss, and I was acting out of emotion. Emotion is not the prize. Spirit is. What do you mean by that? Go ahead and ask. What do you mean by that? Only one is authentic. Only one is authentic. Our apostle teaches every Monday through Friday on Facebook. She does um, helpful temperament moments. And when she talks about the temperament, when she's talking about creation, she's talking about those that are born from above that understand that God created you a certain way, gave you strengths and abilities and so forth. And until we learn how to move in the things of God, we will operate out of the weaknesses of our temperament. We'll, we'll operate out of the weaknesses of personality. We'll, we'll let fear or the sense of rejection or a sense of offense or unforgiveness and judgments and criticisms, those will be the things that dominate the way we act. Will Some people are really good at, at swindling others. People know how to engage in, 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 in degrees of darkness. And you all know that I study a lot about crime. So you understand, I can understand how certain criminal elements and things start to take place because of what they are motivated by. And it might be because they're having a spirit-to-spirit -spirit conversation with a wrong spirit, with a dark spirit. They haven't let light in. There's no filtering, there's no oxygen, there's no true life going on in them. But when I talk about the spirit-to-spirit -spirit life, I prefer to talk about what is the spirit of God saying to you about the spirit of fear? What he's telling you is that you can't let both, you can't operate from both. If you op operate from fear, you will be led by your emotions because it will secrete itself, mask itself as an emotion. It will operate through the palpitating heartbeat. It will operate through the fear of loss, fear, again, of being left out. Just look at the kinds of fear that, that operating you. I, um, uh, I don't want to be alone for the rest of my life. I, I don't want to miss out on relationship with my children or my grandchildren. And for fear that they will take them from me, I will bow to this. I, right now, with certain things that you know are going on, and your medical and your whole history is all of a sudden everybody's demanding to know what you have done and you and so there's attempts to manipulate and control you you can't see your this you can't go here you can't trade here without showing your papers without doing things that communist countries have always done this is the very same thing if you've ever watched world war ii movies show me your papers where are your papers where's your proof where's your proof you were born in a society where that's not required but fear 
will push even rational people to act like they'd have lost their minds. Yeah. I'm very serious, and I'm not mocking anybody, and this is not a political stance that I'm taking. What I'm telling you is that you get examples. You have to have compassion for individuals that are so afraid of something that they will absolutely cease and desist from questioning, from learning, from investigating, and from making a decision rooted in faith, whether it's faith, but you do, faith in God or faith in a government, faith in man, it's not even a government, faith in man, who, do, who is your, what did we say on Sunday, what is your source of truth? Because you're going to say, if you're born from above, oh, it's God, and it's the word of God. And I believe that that's what you say, okay? But what I've learned is that when we say it, somehow, some way, sometimes, we do not operate in what we say in every area. And what we're learning to do is pull from the strong, from the strength, and put it to work in every area of who we are. You have faith. Some people have great faith for financial things. They can make decisions. They know how to see things, to hear things. They listen to God. They trust him completely. They have always been taken care of, and they are not afraid ever of missing out, and they do not operate from a belief or a position of, I, here's where your fear is. You ready? I have to take care of myself because if I don't do it, nobody will. Now, does that come from God? Does that come from God? See, everybody's sitting here going, I'm not sure. I, I, well, 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 you know, does it, but, well, sister, doesn't it say the Lord helps those who help themselves? No. No, it doesn't. People say that. God never said it. What God said is, I'm your source. Okay? What he said is, now, if you want to help yourself, you ready? Y'all ready? Big secret. Okay, I want to help myself. Obey God. That'll help you tremendously. Do what he said to do. Let him do it the way he wants to do it. Is that easy for me to say? I, uh, I'm going to make it easy. It's learning to think like Jesus does. It's learning to think the way he does. And the reason I say that, your Bible tells you that when Jesus walked this earth, He lived supernaturally. All right. He lived as a, oh, I gotta say this, this is so deep. You ready? You gotta talk to me, people. Yes, we're ready. Yes, yes we're ready. Okay. Jesus lived as a spirit being, He lived as a spirit. Yes, he did. He did. And we're going to prove it. Okay? He said, let's go to, let me, let me finish here in 2 Corinthians. How did I get to chapter 13? I don't know. Let me go back to verse 4. Come on. All right. He said, as, since we have this ministry, we, as we've received mercy, we don't lose heart. And then in verse 2, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame. We're not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, 
We commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Now go over to John chapter 1, and let's look at verse 1. Okay? In John chapter 1, I'm having to deal with my computer today instead of my iPad. It's a little weird because I can't use my pen. Okay. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Does it say that? And then it says something interesting, verse 2. It says, he was in the beginning with God. Now, verse 1, it says, the word. Verse 2 says, he. So immediately what you recognize is that the word is not a thing. It's a person. Okay? Would you agree with that? Because yes. I don't, I'm not interested. Oh, I just love this. This is so much fun. Okay. <laughs> Hold on here. Um, is this what he said? Yes. Okay. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, was okay, and was with him in the beginning. Okay? Right? Well, then that's not a thing. That's a person. And then Jesus said, in John 6, I'm just going to give you some scriptures, John 6, 63. He says, it's the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and, and are life. In the beginning was the word. Genesis 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. The Spirit of, the, of God hovered over the face of the waters. And God, so you see the Spirit, it says the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. Let me ask you a question. The Bible says in, in, in Genesis 1 that God spoke, and God said, let there be light, right? But what did God release? What did he release? Words. Spirit, same thing. Jeremiah chapter 1. When you read that in Jeremiah, first, about the first 12 chapter, or first 12 verses or so, and Jeremiah said, God, God said to Jeremiah, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see? And Jeremiah says, I see this, I see this, and so forth. And then God said, you see correctly. And he said, but I hasten, hover, mutter, brood, perform my own words. Well, what did he tell him? You're seeing spirit, my word. I am my word. Somebody else, I and the Father are one. We are words. God released himself. And the Bible said again, the spirit of God hovered over, and God released part of himself. And when he made man, he said, I'm going to make him, we're making man in our image after our likeness, and we are releasing breath which is nephesh in the Hebrew, breath of life or spirit. You are spirit. I don't care if you live in a black house, you live in a yellow house, beige, cream color, whatever. You live in a root beer flavored house, you live in a ketchup house, <laughs> whatever the color, vanilla, chocolate, it's all whatever. That's the house. That is not you. It's not you. The race that you're of 
I see somebody in medical stuff here. Y'all, is that according to biology? Doesn't it have to do family, phylum, this and that and the other? And so it comes down the species is human. As I recall in biology, they never did dissect the difference between what was a black person and a this person. Yes, there's DNA, which tells you tribes. It tells you that somebody came from one of the descendants off the ark. Because everybody did. Because everybody before that was wiped out. So there was only one mama and daddy when the whole year went up where they went on the sea voyage and they came out, there wasn't anybody else there. There was a dove and a raven that kind of got out for a minute. But as far as getting busy and repopulating, there was only one family. So where y'all get off coming from all these other folk? Do you understand? And that family could trace it all the way back to and God said, let us make man, and God made man, and his name was Adam. One form of DNA that creates humanity. Everything else was created from a lower place. And part of your DNA is dirt. Earth. Earth. Okay? Are you with me? Yes. This, when you know this, and we know, oh, I know, I learned this in school. But did you learn it to the degree that you could let it kill the offense of color or fear of it? Did you learn it to the degree that you recognize it is never because you're whatever you say you are, because you're not that, you're spirit. And if, as long as you live from flesh, you're gonna be stuck according to the mentalities that are connected to the color house you live in. Did I hit you hard? It's the truth. According to me? No. According to God. Now Jesus lived, he was born in a Jewish community. He lived as a Jew. He went to, he read Torah, he went to temple, he went to, he had the, the um, bar mitzvah. He went through all of the traditions of the Jewish religion. But he lived as spirit. Why is that important? Because it means we can have fun with our culture. We can have fun with our version of a barbecue. We can enjoy our version of beans and rice curds and whey, whatever they happen to be, okay? Um, we can find our common denominator, be it bacon or, I don't know, Kool-Aid, whatever it happens to be. We can all meet together at the coffee shop or the tea shop or the uh, open market. We can all find certain things regardless of the color of the house that we as people enjoy. I don't know how many of y'all like going outside and somebody put a fresh bowl on the floor and you get on your knees and lap it up. I don't think any of you want to do that. But you have pets to do because you're not of the race that the dogs or the pets or any of them come from. You are human. Your race is not all this other stuff. So it's impossible for you to be a racist. 
You can be bitter. You can be mean. You can have had some experiences with some folks, okay, that look like so-and-so, that have you thinking, I don't know if I ever want to trust. Well, it's not them folks. It's, it's so-and-so that you're thinking has come back. That's really what it is. Whoever hurt you, and here's somebody else that has the same look as they do. I've met the same person wearing, coming from different color houses. It's like, oh, there's that devil again. I don't tell that to the person. <laughs> I done met you before, devil. Yeah, I don't say that to them. I don't tell them that, okay? But do you understand what I'm saying? Because... Whatever that person did, it's been replayed in my head. And so as soon as somebody comes along that fits the pattern, they just as guilty as the other one did before. Okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? Why is this important? Because you've been taught to believe a lie about yourself. And as long as you follow it, it messes you up. You keep thinking that you're limited because of what, you, what, what your body looks like. You keep thinking that you're not going to be able to do things because of your chronological age. You keep thinking you're not going to be able to do things because of what the invisible, most all-powerful, mystical they have said. And can a bit more anybody describe they? What do they look like? Where do they come from? Who are they? And nobody knows. Well, doesn't it make, I mean, how smart is it? to give control of your life, your decisions, your passions, your desires, your abilities to somebody, something that tells you that you can't, that you can't see. You say, well, I think that's ridiculous, do you? You see, we say to do that where God is concerned. He says that you can. He says you can do things through him. He says that I give you the power to do it. He says that I will open doors for you. He says that in my name this is possible. He says, say what I tell you to say. He says, walk in the ways that I have for you. And people tell you, well, that's so stupid. You can't just do that with somebody that you can't see. He said, then why do you obey what they say? Because you can't see them either. I am Pastor Lindsay Lee. This is Astounding Love, a Global Church Fellowship. I stand behind every word that was just spoken. I will not back down. Okay. All right. So Jesus, this is what we're talking about. He lived as a spirit being. And you want to know that because that's what you've been called to do. You have not been called to live according to your emotions. You have not been called to live according to how you feel about other people or how you feel about yourself. You are not even designed to live according to your dislike of what you see in the mirror or your accomplishments or lack thereof. You were never ever put in this earth to judge yourself according to the low standards of the earth. You were always meant to come forth and to live from spirit-to-spirit -spirit conversations with the Almighty God, hearing what he has to say, seeing what he wants you to see, and accomplishing things that you didn't know that you could do. Okay. Now that's just uh, identity. But he says it's the spirit who gives life. The, the spirit gives life. The flesh doesn't profit you. Now, what did he not say? It does you no good whatsoever to live in a body. That is not what he said. What he's telling you is that on heavens, in heaven's economy, it isn't what you do that comes from flesh that promotes you. It's what you do by spirit. Now let's look at spirit. His words is what he's talking about. Because God has one standard 
one. Do you want to know what it is, or do you, can, you, can you guess? Okay. His word, is, that's a good one. What else? God has one standard. What is it? Obedience, Obedience excellence. Come on. Love. Love, okay. Forgive, Forgive faith. All right. Him. <laughs> He's the standard. Okay. Oh, man. That's okay. I wasn't giving up prizes tonight. The God standard. Highest level that you could live. Best of the best. That's the God standard. Perfection through him, not outside of him. He sets the standard for perfect and then raises us up to be there. Or in fact, since we're in. Now, what is the sum total of perfection? I'll make it easy. His name is Jesus. That is the standard of perfection. And then, because they know us and what we're like, he said, I won't leave you without the ability to attain what I've set for you to attain. I will send you somebody who will come to help you. And help means lead. And Pentecost is the celebration of the time in which he, the Holy Spirit, came to help us. So we are not without help to attain not perfection according to a low ball standard. Because you know what perfection is in the world? Right looking body. I got the right facial features all arranged. Most people, you know, we're a little lopsided. Um, I got the right this, my, my this, my portfolio, my house, my fingernails, my my perfect toes, uh, most of us don't have those, okay? Um, you know, those imperfections just cause you to think, well, no, I, I didn't make, because everybody has a flaw if you look at it from that low standard. But God doesn't. What he's looking at is how much of his heart does he get to express through us? Are you with me so far? We're going somewhere with this. Yes. Okay. So you are a spirit being. You got that part. You are a spirit. That's what you are because you carry the pneuma, the breath of God, the, or the, the nephesh soul, I believe. Okay. You carry the pneuma, the breath, the breath, the breath of God. Well, the breath of God is the spirit of God. And when we're born from above, our spirit comes alive once again. Your spirit man basically died, went to sleep is what he was saying in Genesis when, when Adam ate from that tree. Then the man died, but he didn't die physically because God did not, you ready? God did not consider life to be the physical body. It's spirit. It's spirit. I'm going to take us someplace with this. I'm, I'm going to go ahead of, 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 of schedule here, I think. Okay? God gave us life. In the beginning, it says... Uh, was that life. The life is in his son. Whoever has a son has life. Whosoever does not have the son does not have his life. This is what he said. He said, again, John 6, 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. And the words to you, the words that I speak to you are spirit and are life. Now, um, Peter, when he was speaking in Acts 10, 
And he spoke these words that he spoke. This is what this is, and this is what the Lord says. It says that the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. The Holy Spirit came in truth to show that the words that Peter spoke were him. You released me. God is always showing up where you release him. Okay, we had a testimony of sorts today. Um, I was talking on the phone to someone and they were talking about the things that were going on in their body. And so we're talking about stuff and, and so forth and then all of a sudden I got the word go and two thirds of God's name, G-O, so that the D could come about, God, go God. And he said, say something. So I was like, oh, okay, all right, let's just go ahead and pray. And so that was probably as far as you would think a judge, you wanna judge a good prayer? That one was like one of the lowest level prayers y'all ever heard in your life because it consisted of, okay, in the name of Jesus, okay, it's done. <laughs> Am I right? Because it was crystal. So I want you to talk for a minute. Okay, producer. Why? Because I was so impressed with this myself, I want to hear the story. When the Holy Spirit does what he does, it's awesome. She's also the sound person. And if you have questions, write those things down. Write them down. Yes, that's it. You can come up here. You look good. I wouldn't do that to you if you were looking raggedy. You caught me off guard. You look pretty, though. Thank you. You're welcome. So what happened? So... I was on the phone with Pastor Lanzine, and earlier today, my back, my lower back was really hurting me. Um, it's been hurting since yesterday, I guess. And um, I had Carissa, we were bending over and had a rub in my back, and I'm like, no, this spot right here. So I went and laid down, and uh, Pastor Lanzine called me, answered the phone, and um, we talked for a few minutes because we ride together. And I said, well, I wish I could just take a day off. Go ahead, sweetie. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now wave. Wave. <laughs> so I told her, I wish I could just take a day off. And she was like, well. And she gave me, I got a day off. But the point was, I told her, you know, I know I'm healed, but there is pain in my back. And um, when I got up, I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Because that's the way it hurt. And then um, I didn't even get up. I think I got up and then I laid back down or something. And then she spoke. You spoke those words that you just said. She said, now do something you couldn't do. And so I said, okay, let me sit down. So I sat down in my office chair and I got back up. She said, how do you feel? I said, oh, it feels, feels kind of good. Hold on. I said, let me bend over. So I bent over. <laughs> I said, oh, it's feeling kind of good. Hold on, let me go sit on the couch because my couch is low. <laughs> and I wanted to make sure, you know how that couch is, right? So I sat down on the couch. And I know earlier today, it was a hard time for me to get up. And I was like, oh, I could get up. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hold on, let me check one more thing. Let me go over here and um, go to this other chair and sit down. So I sat down and I got up and I didn't feel that. That little, <clears throat> I was like, oh, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. It's really feeling good, right? Then so I went back in my bed. I said, wait a minute, let me go back and lay down. 
and trying to get back up to make sure that it's <laughs> gone. So I went back in my bed and she was like, oh, this is really good. And she started laughing, right? And I'm like, I didn't realize I was doing it. I just wanted to make sure that every little spot that I was feeling pain before, that it was gone. And um, I laid down and I kind of did the turn <laughs> and I got up and I was like, it's gone. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So, and I'm here. But what's awesome about it is the fact that, I, like I told you all, I didn't, it wasn't a prayer. It wasn't me. It wasn't, it was a release of spirit to spirit. Wow. Do you see? His spirit released in us, coming out of us, or through us, mm -hmm. into us. Yes. So it's a spirit to spirit connection. It was the Holy Spirit saying, I want to do this. We love him. We say, okay. But he didn't give me anything to pray. So I just went, I'm serious. It was like, uh, okay. We say in the name of Jesus. And when you say that, you release life because he is life. And he does what he does. Mm -hmm. And we get the joy of it and he gets the glory of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's just what, thank you. Right. Thank you. Can you just leave it there? I may call somebody else. Okay. All right. Can you see what I mean though? Yes. Because my words, Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are, what we saw was a realization of John 6, 63. The words that I speak to you are spirit and are life. So when I release my words, He's saying, I, the words that I speak to you. Now, you may say what the doctor says. You may get a doctor's report. We all get doctor's reports, and they'll tell you your cholesterol level is this, or your weight is this, or your eyes are this, or your blood pressure is this, and your heart is telling, you, is telling them this. And according to their, your, what your blood said to them when they took the test, or according to your breathing, or whatever it is, they give you a factual report. What they don't give you is the truth if you believe something different. If you are earthbound and the doctor has replaced God as your source of healing, then you're going to believe everything the doctor said. As opposed to the doctor assisting God, the doctor becomes God. Can you see how that works? So did I in any way, shape, or form slam the medical industry? No, not yeah, boy. <laughs> she has something to say. Okay, got Crystal all excited now. Here we go. You know, the thought came to me before I left. Oh, maybe you should take an eccentric because I took one last night to get through the night, you know. And I said, No, I'm not. Thank you, Lord. And I left out, and I haven't even felt it in. Oh, man, yeah. Hallelujah. Is there anything wrong with the medical industry? Of course there is. But um, just like, <laughs> yes, of course there is. But, but, not, but not any more than there's anything wrong with any other industry. That's why I'm saying we're not slamming doctors. Are you kidding? No, I got to, my whole family, I got too many relatives in the medical uh, field. No, that's not what I'm saying. We're not talking about that at all. What we're talking about is where do you put your trust? And where is your expectation for healing? Where is your expectation for riches? Is it in your job? Is it in the bank? If you can get this bank loan, if you can get this. Because it's so, you just told us what your source of wealth is. 
and it's on a lower level. It's not spirit. It's flesh. Do you get it? It's not spirit. I didn't say having wealth is flesh because it's not. Wealth is a, is a product of the kingdom of God. It didn't come from the earth. Okay? He knows where it all is, but he is the source of wealth. Let me finish this, okay? He is the source of wealth. God is the source of healing. God is the source of healing because sickness and disease did not come from him. Therefore, he had to be the remedy. He is not the problem. These things came about because of sin. The need for medical, the need for the different things came about because sin entered into the world and did what? Brought a distortion to spirit. So that you and I, being born from above, see, that's where life comes from. Everybody that you see walking around, they're not zombies, they're not any of, uh, of that, but what they are, if they're not born from above and alive to who they are. The most dangerous group is not this, what we refer to as the sinner. Turn your phones off, please. Um, the one, the most dangerous life, the, you know, the, 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 the dare, the, I don't know if you call them daring, or the person that lives really on the edge of a dangerous place, it is not the unsaved person. It is the born from a born again person that does not walk in the life that they have. Because they walk wishy-washy. They walk, um, they, this is the person that is, goes to church and, and trusts God and believes and sings all the right worship songs, but they keep, keep hatred in their heart. You, they, what'd you say? Well, exactly, how to cope. Yeah, they're not. They're just blah, okay? They are refusing to change. They want the name, but they don't want the relationship. Or they want the relationship, but they want it on their own terms. I can be sick if I want to be. You sure can. You sure can. You can be broke if you want. You can be uh, mean if you want. You can be bitter if you want. You can be in unforgiveness if you want. You can go to hell if you want. But you don't have to. You can live on that border. You can live on that edge if you want to. But why do you call yourself saved? Why do you say that you belong to God, but you don't exhibit him? That's what fears do you harbor? What, what offense do you let live on the inside of you? I had to make some decisions this morning. I woke up, you know, and most of you know, or many of you know, that I made the comment that before I get out of bed most mornings, I have to forgive people. I have to op I just determine I these people are forgiven before I get out of the bed so that when they do whatever if they do anything or if I hear about anything they're already forgiven so it just becomes fun and I don't even get I, I, I don't get I don't lose my temper I don't I don't give my temper away I don't do all that but I, I, I thought about it this morning I thought you know there's a group of people you're gonna have to you're gonna have to work out how you're going to be because if you keep going around and somebody asks you a question about, you know, what kind of citizen are you? Are you, are you showing your citizen papers? Are you doing this and that? You can get all upset, all, all tight, uptight about that. And the problem with that is, if you don't be asking me this. How dare you? Is I'm going to get all wound up tight, and then I will become offended, and I will walk in unforgiveness, or I will walk in judgment, or I'll become bitter or judgmental. Do you see what I mean? Why? Because I'm not, because I wasn't preparing myself for a scenario that it's like, how am I going to respond? Because if I don't have a plan to respond, I'm going to react. 
And it's when I react that I'm going to follow my emotions. When I make my decision about how I will respond, I'm going to come by spirit. Are you with me? Okay? So you better start thinking about that. If somebody calls you a name, well, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get, well, okay. So are, have, is your decision that I'm going to react from my flesh or am I going to learn the way of the spirit? I think that might be one of the reasons Jesus spent so much time alone because he knew who he was going to be with the next day. All right? And I've got to be prepared. As a minister, I know this. You've got to prepare yourself because people will come up to you and say some stuff that just has you sitting up there with wondering. I, I wonder things sometimes. You'll see me looking at you and I'm thinking, I wonder if my eyes are crossed while I'm listening to them. I wonder if there's any kind of facial expression that I'm giving right now. I wonder if they know that I'm about five minutes away from needing to go to the bathroom. I wonder, you know, and I'm thinking things that cause me to smile because I'm not interested in hurting somebody that is hurting. Do you understand? Yeah. Okay. And if they decide that they want to hurt me, then they can, they can try. Don't try to hit me. That's not good. It's never good. But if you have to hurl words and so forth, then maybe we're going to come that much closer to getting that double out yeah. instead of you keeping it in. Okay? Because it's pretty much like people that have really bad gas and they got to hold it because they're in polite society. All right. Okay. Please do. Okay. Um, so here's something I want you to think about. We're spirit beings. And so what is natural for you as a spirit is to want power to manifest. This is why you're desiring so many supernatural things. You want, um, why do we, people in the, that are in the fitness field are, are pursuing, so many of them can make so much money when they come up with the right gimmick because people want the instant cure. We will spend many millions and billions of dollars are spent in those industries to buy the pill to immediately melt the fat while you sleep so you wake up and there, I guess there's a puddle of goo or something and you step out of your new body. I don't know. Um, I bought a few of those things. Not one of them ever worked. I remember buying one of those kind of things. You know, you're going to buy these pills and they're guaranteed to help you. And I was talking to a nurse and telling, she was asking me because he was doing a pre-screen for me. And she said, do you take any drugs? I said, no, not other than this, whatever this thing is. And she was so sweet. She says, so have you lost any weight? Well, no. And you're spending how much for those? You know, it was like, well, there's egg on my face. You know, but it was such a great question. She wasn't being sarcastic. She was asking, is it working? It was like, well, actually, no. I mean, they say give them 90 days because the check's all clear. But, you know, that gives them a certain amount of income. If we could sell 10, you know, 100 units of this for 90, you know, get them all to buy the 90 days, then we've made about $7,500 every hour. And we, we, wow. we're good to go. We Y'all, get the boat. Go ahead. Go ahead. Press submit. Send. You buy it. We're good. We're good. We just got it. You know, so I looked at it like, well, I've helped other people. Okay. So, okay. But what am I saying? I'm saying that we're always looking in the flesh for the instant supernatural answer. Never realizing that if we lived from the spirit, we would realize the supernatural. The supernatural came to Crystal because of the coming from the spirit. He did it by the spirit. So she got the supernatural. She could have taken, as she said, take the pill. 
I'm not knocking to take the pill. Sometimes I take, I do, I have them in my house or in my purse or whatever. There's certain moments it's like I ain't a bit more in faith right now. I just want to take the thing and go lay down or want to do this and so. But later I'll come back and say, but now while I'm better, let's deal with that so that when I when that thing tries to come at me again, this time I have a different response. Don't condemn yourself for doing the natural. But when the natural isn't working, look for how come you are you're not being supernatural, which if you're born from above, you have the ability to operate at that place from the heavenlies to quash or to quell, love those words today, we're in cues, um, to get rid of, to stomp out, whatever word you want, to smash that booger down, okay? You can do things from that place, you can operate from that higher realm and see the wisdom and how to operate your finances, how to make your decisions, how to interact with people, how to, to, to make yourself available or not available until you, you know, it's like I, being with you right now, you're going to hit a sore spot. It can't be a sore spot. I'm not getting rid of you. I got to get rid of the sore spot. Yes. That's the difference. As opposed to, that's a sore spot with me. Don't ever let that stuff come back, you know, come through here again. Because that's guaranteed to be unforgiveness and, and things that are going to get you spiritually in trouble. I'm almost done. All right. So we should look at Jesus because Jesus was the pro, is the prototype. He is the example. He's the preeminent one of what we are supposed to be. Why? Because he was empowered with the Holy Spirit. The same spirit he sent back to us is the spirit that he operated from. So he basically became the first man since the day of Adam to walk the earth empowered by the Holy Spirit, which gave him the ability to hear from God, to see from God's point of view, to respond as God did, and to do things outside of time and outside of what was natural and expected to do the extraordinary thing. Got a few more minutes that I, I want to try to do this. Okay, we've tried, this is what I, I heard one preacher say, we try to copy, be like Jesus. What would Jesus do? But we have failed to do the thing that's most important. And what is that? Want to know? Yes. Okay, me too. I'm excited about that. All right. Jealous. <laughs> we have tried to do what he did without thinking like he thinks. In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Um, um, oh, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Lord, Jesus, help me, Jesus. Is it going to work? I don't know. I hope it does. <laughs> he never thought that way. He never prayed last minute. He never showed up at anything unprepared. His thoughts were always rooted in what he saw the Father do. He got results because he expected results, because he saw results, because he pulled results, because he spoke results, because that's what the Father told him. Okay, Jesus said, we have to think. Um, well, the scripture in Philippians says, let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Okay, because the mind that was in Christ Jesus was from the kingdom from the outside of natural world place, from the God wants it done so I can get it done because he said to do it place. That's a place of obedience. Uh, he said, he talks about 
Scripture says what? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? Mm -hmm. All right, have you ever paid any attention to what you say? Have you ever heard how much somebody might come to you and say, you know you're leaking? You're leaking. What do you mean? Mm -hmm. Every other word that you say is about how bad you're feeling, how broke you are, how ugly you feel, how depressed you are. You're leaking. What are you leaking? You're oozing with what you are filled with. And out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is speaking and your results are lining up with what you've said. So you're not thinking the way Jesus does because he didn't think my butt looks too fat in these pants. And, um, oh gosh, you know, I'm just, you didn't expect that, did you? He didn't think that, so why do you? Okay, do you see what I mean? It's like nobody's going to like me. I'm going to go in here and nobody's going to speak to me. It's just going to be so sad. And I'm already rejected before I come. I don't even know why I even let myself do this. He never did that. He did not dwell on what you think about him. He never spent his day, his all his energy on, I got to get this money. I got to get this. I got to I got to get this man. I got to get this man. Oh, I just got to get a any man, any man, a man. You know, not even a man, a man. My god, my god, you know. Um I got to do this. I got oh, if I if this doesn't happen for me, this is it. This is it. I mean, y'all act like you Come on, Jesus. Snake eyes, right? You know. <laughs> that whole kind of thing he was not filled with ways that the world would work for him. He was filled with, uh, with what God said and, and what, I'm going to talk myself almost out of time. Okay, he did not think like we do, a miracle happened, the thousands, the multitudes are fed, and I don't think he sat there and went, what just happened? Right. <laughs> or like y'all do, I say y'all, okay, because I don't do this one because I catch it now, but I'm sure I've done it. I don't believe it. Yeah. I don't believe it. You just walked on water. I don't believe it. You can do I don't believe it. With God all things are possible. Yeah, but this 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 what? This is bigger than God. Oh no. No. I would never say that. How many times every day do you say that? Wow. Yeah. You just don't use those words. Go to the other side. I'm not going to the other side. Have you seen the dogs out there? <laughs> Go to the other side. The bank said that I can't afford it. My credit sucks. Go to the other side. I'm sick. Go to the other side. They don't like me. Go to the other side. Oh, God, I don't even know how. I, just, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. Go to the other side. Well, that's easy for you to say. You go to the other side. What did you really say? This thing is bigger than God. At least it's bigger than my vision of him. Because it's really not bigger than God. You're just smaller than it. Because you're acting from low frequency, flesh. You're not coming from what you are, spirit. You actually think you're flesh. You're not. You're spirit. And I'm going to end it there. You are. Are there any questions on that? And don't make them hard for me because I'm not God. I'm spirit. Okay. And I'm very serious. I don't, I don't want to go deep. Don't go deep. <laughs> don't mess with me, Alicia.
I love you, and I'm glad you're here, baby. Go ahead. Um, it says in John 5, 19, so Jesus replied, truly, truly, I tell you, he talked on, he spoke on this. The son can do nothing by himself unless he sees the father doing it. But whatever the father does, Mm -hmm. um, I'll just stop right there. The question is, how did Jesus see what the Father was doing? Is it because all the time he spent in heaven before he came into a body and he saw all this stuff? How did he see what the Father was doing? <clears throat> Let me ask you a question. What do your words create, or what do your thoughts create? Like you just want to write an answer? <clears throat> what do your thoughts create? Pictures. Pictures, okay. Now, your pictures come, or your thoughts come from, what, what are they comprised of? Words, right? Words, expressions, okay. expressions, ideas. Spirit, right? So if you set your eye on a certain thing, have you ever played a video game? I play video games where... You know, you've got to get a certain thing to keep going up level because I, I do um, crime, crime games. So you have to solve the crimes and you have to get the clues, right? And so if I'm playing random, um, you're waiting and you're waiting and you, and you can end up spending money trying to buy things to, to, to solve the stupid things so that you can get, you know, get on further and, and get the clue. But I've noticed that when I look at the clue, what I need before I press go, you know, to play the round, and I look at that thing, and I look at that thing, and I say, it's time for you to come forward. That every single time, it comes. Because when I focused on it, I brought it into a dimension where it's like, I'm taking authority over you. You're coming to me. I'm not waiting on you. My thoughts became focused on what I want, and I brought it to me. And it does work. It really does work. It may take you two or three rounds until you get used to it, but I've learned to do it. And, and, and it's, I marvel at myself sometimes. Why didn't you just do that this way? And you would have, you know, saved your energy or whatever it was. I said that to ask, to say to you, Jesus studied what the Father said. He studied this word, but he studied it as spirit. He found out who he was. Psalm 139, and I believe uh, uh, the other side, it says, I, bef I, I, Behold, in the book that you wrote of me, I've come to do your will, O God. And every word that he read as he would read through the prophets, as he was reading the, the, the Torah, he's hearing these different things. What was beginning to happen? The words, because their spirit, began to draw the picture, paint the picture on the inside of him of who he is. And he knew, I'm here to please the Father. I have come to do your will, God. I've come um, in the book that it's been written of me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. You have uh, chosen me or brought me forward to do your will. I'm, I'm quoting Isaiah very badly right now. but Or Luke chapter 4 where he said, because the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel, to say this, to bring. I've been, I've been sent here to be a deliverer. I am here to manifest the kingdom of God. I'm here to show people my whole life is a demonstration of the power of the love of the Father. And because he saw himself as that, and when the Father showed him what he wanted to do, Jesus said, well, of course I can do it, because I'm here to do your will. Mm 
And that's why we have exactly the same opportunity because the same equipping that he had, which is the Holy Spirit, he sent to join with us so that we are no less than he in this world. The Bible says that as he is, so are we. Not as Jesus of Nazareth, but the Christ, the spirit of Christ on the inside of us to propel us to excellence and to change even the way we think to think the way he did, so that as we see what the Father wants done, just as he has always done, the Spirit of Christ in us rises to the occasion and obeys the Father. The Holy Spirit activates the word, which is spirit, activating spirit to manifest spirit. You need to talk to the mic left. And I've been using this lately. I don't know if it's scriptural, so maybe I can get the correction out. It's not. But uh, Peter, when he said, uh, he said, get up in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Mm -hmm. So in that, in that sense, you said, um, not Jesus of Nazareth, but didn't Jesus of Nazareth, isn't it the same person? It's the same. The same it's the, he said in the Jesus. name of, because you ever thought about this? That's the same name he used all the time Jesus was here. That's the only place where you see him saying it. Because thereafter, he recognized, no, that spirit is in me. And now I'm telling you, because Jesus said, whatever you say in my name, I will do. I don't need to say locate because he's not of Nazareth anymore. That's the one he knew. Okay? But then, as John, let it be known later, but I'm talking about one we did not know. No, you're not confused. It's okay. I, I get what you're saying. Because what he, but one of the other things too, though, is I'm locating for this guy, this is, I'm a follower of the one that you crucified. My identity is with Jesus of Nazareth. That one, I'm still naming him. Yeah. Okay. I'm taking names and I'm letting you know. But then he said, the one that we preach. And John said, I saw him, but he was no longer the lamb. Now he's the lion. Are you, are you with me? And really, it's awesome when you read in, in the book of Acts and the history of it, you're reading from where they started to where they ended, you know, how they came through, because they had to go through the growth process, just like we do, of realizing the first they knew who he was, then they learned who he is in them, and then they learned who they were in him, in heaven. We are in him. In earth, he is in us. <laughs> See, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The life of God. He keeps talking about, I want you to live eternal life. More so than he says, just be born again. More so than he says, go to heaven. He didn't say that. He says, let my life, eternal life, supernatural life, spirit life manifest through you. And there will be nothing that you can't do. If I tell you to do it, you can do it. If I tell you to go over to the other side, you cannot be stopped. You have just become unstoppable because I said it. And you don't have to figure out how to do it. Just start moving, and I'll show you what to do. Amen. What happens? The thoughts. Let's go back to them in there that you're thinking. Find an objection to obeying because the flesh is used to leading. 
And until you know that you're spirit and you live from spirit, you will live flesh. But it won't profit you. It won't move you forward. It won't advance the kingdom. But the reversal, okay, the, the moving that out and the, the understand miracles are, not, are, are to be normal in our lives. I don't mean we meet our blasé about it. But I mean, hey, what's going on here? Because see, now that I'm here, stuff is going to pop. Whoever is sick, let me let you know something. Sickness just got the warning when I walked through the door that you don't have to be sick anymore. That's what happened. I came someplace to stir this stuff up. I didn't come here. You know, now, you can sit quietly, which I like to do. But all the time I'm saying, is there something that you want to do? And I learned this just today. I don't have to say a lot. I can say in the name of Jesus, and he says, got it. And he'll take care of it. Because we do so much talking. He just says, walk this thing. Think like I think. You're going to have to, how, how am I going to think like you think? You're going to have to spend time with him. And he'll teach you how he thinks. You're going to have to stop thinking the impossible is impossible. It isn't impossible. That's how he thinks. We go, oh, no. That's why Jesus said, well, yeah, I see, okay, let me just tell you how you're thinking. With man, this is impossible. And that's where you're thinking. You're with man, you're thinking from the flesh. You can't do this. You won't be able to do this. Oh, my God, you can't do this. He says, but see, I come from the timeless realm where not only is it possible, it's already done. And I just came to release it. Now you ponder that for the next week. You ponder that as you're looking at how are we going to get this done. You're walking around to the side, and then you're walking over here, and you're looking up, trying to look up at the top, you're looking down at the bottom, you're trying to figure it out. Well, why don't you spend time in worship? Why don't you spend time in resting in him and stop trying to figure out how to get it done and start looking at it as being done? Now, what I just gave you is a really big salvo. If you will spend the time with God, get off the phone, get off the internet, get off the chat with everybody else, quit the worry wheel, quit with the, well, you know, if we're thinking about it this way, maybe if we approach the problem this way, you know what, if you're in charge of a group, you tell them, guys, let me call you back, let's reconvene in about an hour, go spin, go turn on your soaking music, go lay down in your best chair, put your feet up, wrap yourself up, do whatever, and just say, I'm here to spend time with you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to move away from the, impo- from the way it appears to be impossible. Somebody needs this. I'm going to get away from what I'm looking at because I can't figure out what to do. And I'm going to just kick it, and I'm going to see what it looks like finished. You don't know what it looks like finished, so you can't get to the finish. If you look, like, look at it like it's done, you can see how to get it done. You understand what I mean? Do I need to break that down more? Because I'm finished. But do you need me to say that one more time? Anybody? Or y'all got, oh, we got this. <laughs> okay. Out of the mouth of two. All right. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. You're looking at the car payment, how's the financial issue. 
You're looking at the problem on the job. You're looking at the issue with your children. You're looking at the sickness. You're looking at the this. You're looking at your life. You're looking at how you're going to get this weight off. You're looking at how you're going to get these shoes on. You're looking at something. Am I right? Okay. And you're looking at it and you're looking at it and it gets taller and bigger and wider and more impossible and you're feeling smaller and smaller and your head hurts because you're trying to, how am I going to get this person saved? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? So what you're doing is you're looking at all the raw ingredients, but you don't see the finished product. What you need to do is turn all that off, turn off the rhetoric, turn off your head, get into a place with him, whether you play music, I, I say music without somebody singing, because, or read a scripture and then, you know, close your eyes. That scripture that says, with God, all things are possible. Or, I will lead you in the way that you should go. I will teach you to prosper. I will guide you with my eye. Whatever that scripture is that you're always talking, but you don't believe. Use that one, okay? <laughs> so that you can start to believe that scripture. And you get in that place where you said, I can do, here's one, by your stripes I am healed. All right? So here's my question. What does healed look like? Because you don't know. You don't know. You think, oh, it means the pain's going to, no. What does healed look like? Healed means I'm running up the mountain. Healed means that I'm taking care of this. Healed means that I'm back to doing this. What does healed look like? Because by his stripes you are healed doesn't mean anything to you until you have the picture of what it looks like. That's where you spend the time with him. Show me what this thing looks like, the finished product. Because when you see that and you you go back into that meeting, you look at them and go, oh, we can totally get this done. How do you know? Because if you saw it done, you saw it from the um, you saw it as as done, right? Okay, that means in the spirit realm, it is done, and that means as uh, Elijah told Elisha or Elisha, however y'all say it, if you see me when I go, you can have what you ask for, because you will have seen, you seen into the other side. Oh, Jesus said, hey. I'm going to teach you how to fish by throwing all of your nets over here. Peter, you only threw one. So you kind of missed out on your big harvest, but I'm going to teach you how to fish for men, and you're going to get a bigger harvest than he did on the day of Pentecost. Okay. All right. So what are, we, what are we saying? All right. If I saw it done, if I saw the physical body thing, if I saw whatever it is, if you saw it, it exists. It exists. It's not a going to do. It's real. It's done. Are you with me so far? Yeah. Seriously. Because this, this is how that supernatural ability works. Yeah. Well, when I saw it, and I said, yep, I got it. I take it. You just brought it from the unseen realm, and now you've made room for it to come into the seen realm, and it has to come. Yeah. So you got. if I saw the problem solved, then the problem is solved, and the solution has to show up because I've seen the problem solved. Got it? Because I saw it solved, you have to get the solution because I've already seen the finish. I came back from heaven. Don't tell them. I just spent time in heaven, and I saw it. Yeah. What doctor number were we supposed to call for you? That's what people think. Because if you spent time, well, I didn't go anywhere. Yes, you did. You went to the word. This is the entrance to heaven. You went to the spirit of God. He is from heaven. And you, born from above, are seated in your heavenly place, in the heavenly places in him. And the solution is in him. So whether you saw something or didn't see something, you spent the time until you saw what you needed to see. 
And that's all anybody else needs. You just brought the solution back to the problem. Got it? Yes, ma'am. Yes. I, I just wanted to share with you. Uh, wow. The Lord had me. Uh, I, started, I started writing. It's about a minute long. I started writing a little something about faith last night. I call it Faith Vapor. And it's, it's almost about everything that our class was about today. And I wanted to know if it's okay if I could share it. Not from there. Okay. Take the mic with you. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not okay from there. <laughs> All right. Thank but you. it's okay from here. Yes, thank you so much. Go, thank you. Mm -hmm. Y'all need to tell her thank you in advance because this woman writes some poetry. <laughs> oh, yeah, she writes some poetry, so go for so, it. So she helped me finish my poem. So I said, Praise God. I said, Whoa. Anyway, it says the title is Faith Favor. No matter what it looks like or sounds like, faith is now, not hoping for later to pay off my pain and sickness, hoping my healing to manifest. Hallelujah, God. I got my hope at the way for my faith, healing me now. I own it all right now. My bill bought and paid off by Jesus, who purchased my health. I expected it now, and now it's mine. So now, hope is no longer needed for my healing, but the wisdom of the word took the bondage away by faith of the word of Jesus that changed my life. I put faith in my heart. Now my body got up and started walking around, acting out the word of God, fulfilling my hope. Then I lifted up my champion faith in my hands, showing off all my all my stuff right now in Jesus' name. They manifested my finished product where all eyes can see and where I can enjoy what belongs to me now because of what Jesus did and said then. I know I believe. Why? Because I got my results. Not hoping to get results. So glad it is D-O-N-E done in the spirit first in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for our lives, spirit to spirit, with yours, shown many years ago on Calvary, working out your forgiveness, showing me that healing is yours and mine today because of his redemption plan 2,000 years ago. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So I'm, I'm just so excited. Oh my gosh, y'all know when I came here, I was in so much pain and sickness and all kind of stuff going on with me. But I, I, I don't need the walker right now. And I'm scheduled for uh, surgery on June 14, and I keep saying in the name of Jesus, every day I'm getting better and better and better. In Jesus' name. You know, in the spirit, when she prayed for me, she didn't say anything. I just was waiting. For the words to come out, and she said, "Okay, you can go now." <laughs> that was it. I said, "That's truly some faith speaking right there." Whoa! <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. Apparently, my new way to pray for you is not to. <laughs> so I thank God. I'm feeling so much better, and it, it, you know, and it's mine because Jesus said it. The Word said it, so He keeps His promises. Adam, come help me. Yeah, take the mic. Take the oh. mic with you. Help her down. Stop. Stop. Stand. Okay. Get over here, man. Thank you. These men are gentlemen. They're gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Woo. 
Oh, go on, boy. <laughs> All righty then. Thank you. All right. That's awesome, Flavor. Thank you. Well, we're done for tonight. Did, that, did we answer questions? Did anybody have vim and vigor now burning on the inside of you? Anybody planning to go get some answers? that you thought were, you weren't going to be able to get? Yeah. Okay. I want to hear stories. I want to hear testimonies. Yes, Rodney. Can I say something? Yes, Rodney. Okay. Rodney, use the mic. Oh. He's sitting up there like this. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so we're going a little bit over our time, I, I see. But, uh, okay. As you were speaking, I just heard. Come up here, Rodney, so people see you. This is St. Louis in the house. St. Louis, St. Louis. The Louis in the house. Uh, Yes, sir. As you were speaking, um, I I just heard Jesus saying to Martha, 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 you're worried and and, and, and fretting about so many different things. But Mary, who was at my feet, has chosen the better part. And so... What she, what she said is what Jesus was showing to oh, Martha wow. about Mary. Wow. She was, she was at his feet. She was learning wow. at the master's feet while Martha was running around trying to do this, do that, do everything. She, she chose the better part. Jesus said to Martha, she chose the better part. That's, why, that's what she was talking about, the learning. Wow. Y'all are something else. I didn't. I've never seen that. Thank you. I have never seen that. That's a good word right there. Hallelujah. Wow. Well, this has been an extra special in your face kind of night, and we've got all these guests. I want to say hi, friends of On, huh? I just met them this morning. Well, welcome. Welcome. Hi. You want to tell us your names? I won't. Vicky. Hi, Vicky. Hi, Vicky. Helen? Hi, Helen. Welcome, and thank you so much for coming tonight. Any questions or anything, if you want me not to pray for you, pray for you. I will not pray for you, pray for you. And let's all learn how not to pray for people, pray for them. Because apparently Holy Spirit wants that so that we can see greater manifestations. But if there's any sickness, any kind of anything in anybody's body tonight, we are telling you, in the name of Jesus. Everything starts to settle now. God has spoken. God has said, as surely as I live, all the earth will be filled with my glory. God has let it be known. You think that I'm incapable, but I'm about to show you just how strong I really am. I've heard the cries of my people, and I do respond. And those that have mocked you, and those that have taunted, and those that have thought that your God is far from the scene, you better remember, that's what they thought when Elisha, or Elisha, Elijah, had the showdown with the people. He fought for the people and he won. They ended that day. They started out talking about Baal, he is the one. But that day ended with the Lord, he is God. And truly, you shall hear it resounding in the earth, in your life, if you choose it. He will show himself, not as the Christian God, but as the creator God. Not as the man-made kind of idea and the weak and wimpy God, but as the almighty one, the God of justice, the God of love, the God who fights for you, the God who gives you life. That's who he is. That's who we stand for. So you have been joining with us here at Astounding Love, a global church fellowship. 
We are in the Wednesday night Kingdom Conversations, and we have had quite the talk tonight. Yes. I am Pastor Lunsing Lee, inviting you to join us on Sunday at 1045 a.m. for Biblical Solutions for Life. And if you've never soaked and would like to know what that's like, and you're nearby, you can come in and join us at 10 o'clock. You walk in at 10 a.m., and you see a bunch of people sitting around in music playing and nobody's talking. We spend 45 minutes soaking in the Spirit of God, listening for what the Holy Spirit has to say. And I promise you, it makes for a much better service because you're able to indulge in a, the most pleasurable thing you've never known, the presence of God who is desirous of being with you so we invite you to join us for that as well astounding love that is watching us online or catching up with us afterwards and those that are here we're receiving the types the offerings and so forth and the seed we speak the return of the kingdom upon your seed that which you plant in him he repays he restores he increases and he brings about his pleasure for your life that's our prayer that as you seed into him that our, we take the responsibility of asking God to have his pleasure in your life so that all will be well with you and great joy will come your way. So I thank you again on behalf of Apostle Baker, all of the minister staff that is a part of this church, and all of the wonderful people that are sitting here in the studio tonight. And we thank you so much. We bless you with God's astounding love in the name of Jesus. Good night. <laughs>